Kevin Franz! Nein! Hello and welcome to another episode of Adventures in Movies. My name is Nathaniel Mir and I'm the movie editor at AIPT. And what an interesting week we have this week. First of all, I got some good news. Returning after just one week is one of our longtime hosts. Uh, I think it's bad news if we're going to say me or I'm jumping the gun. <laughs> and you might be saying it's Regina. Well, she was never a host. So. Oh, OK. Well, see, in my eyes, she will always be a host. Oh, there you go. <laughs> so, so Danny is returning this week. The flip side is after over a year of uh, being on the show weekend and week out, Danny and I decided to give Blake a day off. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, we're retiring his number already in our stadium. It's going to go up there 365 days in the YouTube episode that will maybe appear one day um you'll see it it has it's very sentimental we already pre-recorded this and everything yeah and so blake for the first time in a long time will not be joining us this week however as danny alluded to joining us this, this week for the first time in a very long time is uh, a guest that we had a few times in the past she's a horror fan so she'll try to fill, fill blake's shoes there and she is a movie contributor regina welcome back to the show Hello. I am not a host, but I am the ghost with the most. Ooh. <laughs> there you go. And <laughs> it's changed so much since the last time you were here that we're on a different podcast network now. We kind of talk about different things. Um, and in a sense, we're even recording in a different studio. That's so exciting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I have a child now. And Danny is a father <laughs> <What>? now. <laughs> life it's 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 crazy and and blake is a part he's part of the man now he's a business owner <laughs> yeah what the times fuck? times have changed it's, it's crazy it's crazy. it feels like i came out of a time capsule <laughs> <laughs> if you were frozen right after you recorded the last episode and you were just unfrozen today you would be totally confused <laughs> <laughs> your first reaction would be they gave Danny a child. Wow. <laughs> so, speaking of uh, Frozen, um, last week we had or we talked about the record cold temperatures that were here. I'm beginning to think that we're now at record highs because it has been hot the past few days. Well, that, that's like. <laughs> That's all East Texas, baby. Like, I feel like we're, like, in our cool 70s, and it's, like, you're not sure if you want to wear a sweater or shorts. You just wear both, you know? Maybe sandals if you want to be a freak like that. But, you know. It's weird. We were, like, at single-digit temperatures a week ago. Now we're at 77, which under normal—I mean, we lived in the desert most of our yeah. lives. So, like, 77 is nothing, but it feels so hot. <laughs> It's so muggy. It's back to taking two showers a day already. Oh, man. <laughs> I, just, I just like my one. Like, I don't know how you guys do it out in East Texas at all. Well, the best thing to do is to not take any. And you just kind of... 
<laughs> just kind of let 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 You're the weather get sweaty anyway. <laughs> let the weather do as it will with you. <laughs> I just imagine like the sweat like in Jurassic Park where you know where he's filling out the flask with the rainwater. I feel like you guys are doing the same thing with your like sweat. Just like you're wringing it out of your like clothes, and then we're constantly just saying, "Hold on to your butts." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. No matter yeah, what, yeah, yeah. that's the answer for everything. So, um, this week, there's uh, hasn't been that much movie news. It has, it's the beginning of the year, and there normally isn't. But what news there has been has been pretty big. So uh, I would say that the biggest news of the week, we talk about streaming on here all the time. So lots of news involving streaming networks. Um, Mission Impossible 7 and A Quiet Place 2, which was supposed to come out, I think, last May. Last, was it last May that it was also like a March release? April, March. Yeah, something like that. It's coming up on a year ago that it was supposed to come out. But uh, it will be released this fall, I believe. However, the, I mean, everything's been delayed. That, that's not the big news. The really big news is there's only a 45-day window before it's going to be available on streaming. We've talked a lot about the... Um, uh, not the advent of streaming, how how important streaming is becoming. Movies have taken a big hit. Our theaters have taken a big hit over the past year. Are we moving away from theaters? Uh, I don't think so. So I think in the last, uh, before the big uh, storm of 2021, uh, I admit I had a market inside a, our local mall here, and which shares a, the, a movie theater. And I'm very surprised how many people go in there and buy their tickets and their, you know, like three feet bag of pop. But um, I feel like there's a lot of people and I think they're itching to go back. And I know my dad is one of them. He's just like, what do I need to do to go back to Cinemark? And I'm like, just buy your ticket and see what's out there. But there's really no new movies. And I think he he wanted to see Tom and Jerry. And I'm like, well, that's going to be on HBO Max. Just save your money. That's just the case. Like I watched little things. I didn't have to spend money on it I, I think judas is probably the only one i'm gonna want to spend money on i guess i think that's kind of gonna be the thing a lot is um someone will be like should i see you know whatever judas and the black messiah and someone will say like yeah that looks great but let's just see it on hbo max like i think that's gonna come around a lot and then you have stuff like um mission impossible 7 like i, I like the last mission impossible it was really cool but it's those things where I'm kind of like, I don't know if I want to spend money this time on it. Mm-hmm. So if I just have to wait a month and a half for it to stream, then I'll, I'll just wait for it to stream. What do you think, <laughs> Regina? Well, I think, you know what? There's going to always be those movies that um, you want to see in theaters. You yeah. want the experience. Like, like I know we watch a lot of horror movies, but like I think there's something about seeing them in the theater. We can't do it right now at all, but like I really look forward to going back. Like I still want to go back as much as I actually like being in. I'm excited to go back to the theater, especially in the summertime. I can already feel the air conditioner and smell the popcorn in the air. It's just like, it's an experience. I don't think you're going to want to like not go back. I do miss the experience, like the popcorn being part of it. I I do miss that. Uh, But I don't know. It's been a year now, over a year now, and it's so comfortable i mean there's been times that i've watched movies and i've been like wow that would look great on the big screen right yeah but (laughs) it's i've never thought like this would be better on the big screen (laughs) yeah i I, you know and it's funny that we were talking about how it this would look better i really that was my my first thought with little things i was like this should be experienced in a theater but i'm okay watching it at home because i'm glad i'm not spending money on it so but uh I, i have a question i 
A Quiet Place 2, Mission Impossible 7, they're going to the new streaming service then, right? They're going to Paramount? Is that what's happening? Yeah, Paramount, yeah. Jesus, fuck. Like, seriously, like, is this... What are you guys' thoughts on, like, this whole Paramount Plus? I mean, like, I don't know. There's so many of them now. There's so many of them now. It's it's It kind of sucks that just five years ago I could have seen, you know... I think I talked about this before. I could have seen The Office, uh, Futurama, and... 16 candles on on netflix and now i have to buy three different streaming networks for it um it's disappointing it's really just and then it gets to the point to where like i never thought i would have to pick and choose between your streaming so i guess it's kind of in hindsight it's very obvious that 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 was going to eventually happen yeah 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 go ahead regina sorry no i was just gonna say you know the streaming service was a really good alternative to having to pay for cable and it's just turning into like you have to cut all those little bills for all those streaming services starting to accumulate and mm-hmm. it's just like having cable again <laughs> yeah exactly it's just like i i like a, a, how blake usually says is i'm just gonna end up canceling something my, my 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 big thing is like i'm watching youtube a lot more now it's i'm paying these content creators out there to do their things and little by little like i i don't see myself like watching a lot of their original programming or yeah i guess the original programming for like netflix or hulu it's just like it is like cable it's just overwhelming and it's just like uh so many channels let me just like put on something mind i mean like the office again on peacock yeah no it's it's becoming and it's funny because you mentioned youtube which you know is uh, i guess avod because it's free uh there's some paid content but it's also trying to become like a tv channel too type of thing yeah exactly yeah and it's expensive too it's really expensive i think um i think if there's a lot of streaming networks and they're all like you know in the shutter price range like four or five bucks i don't think i would mind as much but then you're seeing like you know 14.99 type of stuff and it's well, you know, Disney has WandaVision right now, mm-hmm. but otherwise I don't watch it really. Um, Netflix, I'm kind of not watching as much. So you're, you're kind of, I don't know. But then it's like every once in a while they release that one thing that's really cool. That, so it's like, shit, do I want to be ungrandfathered? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that that that's, uh, I think that's the price. It's, uh, it's, I feel like we're in the console wars all over which is the streaming wars obviously but i feel like it's like one is nintendo and one is sega and right now we i think what netflix would be nintendo is a giant right sega is disney or something i don't know somebody's gonna start doing what nintendo doesn't do and it's just gonna be great and i don't think anybody's got into that netflix level yet well we i was talking about it with regina so i was asking her like what's what's the next evolution in tv like we saw it go from well cable was already around when we were kids but before that it was just local channels and then cable and then you got your premium cable and then streaming starts and now there's all these individualized streaming channels but where does it go from here cable it's i think it's gonna uh all fall in itself i think that's what it seems like I am, I, I, you know, I don't, I can't, but then I never could have, I never would have imagined it would have gone to streaming. Um, speaking of which, speaking of streaming, another movie that we've talked about a lot on here, and someone please tell me what the release date of Dune is. <laughs> so I, I'm the one that brought it up. I swear I saw that Dune was moving from like March, which I was like pretty happy about, you know, oh, we're going to get it a lot sooner than expected. And then I saw it was moving to September and then it's, we looked it up. It's in October, according to Wikipedia, which never lies. I don't know. Like we we talked about Dune and how they're getting like 
the ass front of all of this. I don't know what that means. <laughs> they're just getting they're getting like fucked over. Like they're just they're not getting anything. Oh, legendary pictures is definitely getting getting the shaft in this. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Dunes with it too. We're we're yeah. talking about it. Like if it came out sometime or in December as it was supposed to, it would have done kind of fine. Well, it, Wonder Woman eighty four did pretty well, all things considered. It did very well actually. Yeah. It really did. I, I just I don't know why this movie is such in limbo. Like they could have just easily held off with it and waited till like you know to the end of the year. Or I don't know. I don't know what W. I don't know what Warner Brothers is doing honestly. And that's where I feel like HBO Max is not the the most sound streaming service out there. Does well, that make it's sense? well, it's definitely not very successful right now. This was kind of their way of getting more people to subscribe, which I'm sure to an extent has worked, but. Mm-hmm. At what cost? Well, you know, but um, it's um, it's it's odd that they decided. I think it's odd that they just decided in was it early this year or late last year that they made the announcement. They were just like they just gave up on twenty twenty one. Yeah, that, that was just such an odd decision to make. Like, and who knows? I mean, time will only tell. It may end up being the correct decision, but um, so right now it just seems like not the thing to do. And and, and you're right, Dune, which. If it were released this past December, I think it would have been fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they release it next Christmas or this upcoming Christmas, I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, moving it around a lot, it only it's it just becomes one of those things. If you release it like three or four years later, it's like at that point, it's kind of just it's almost a joke at that point. <laughs> it's like, what do you? Uh, people will still watch it, but it there's not near the excitement that yeah. there would have been if it were released yeah. now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So a lot of times on this show we've asked, would Dune be the one movie that has you go back to theater? So- I would say yes. I think, uh, especially a movie like Dune, you mentioned you mentioned Godzilla. I think some movies are created for the sole purpose of being on the big screen. And I think Dune would be one that I would want to see on the big screen. There's so many things that you're, you want out of the theater experience relating to sound, to the way the picture looks, um, yeah. the aspect ratio and all that stuff. And that, I think that's, I mean... I think some movies are just meant for that kind of kind of viewing. I think that's one of them. Yeah, as we get closer, yeah. as things get, I mean, you know, there's more. The vaccine becomes more available. Um, it's October right now, so October theoretically things will be okay. <laughs> you know, so I, I would I would prefer in a perfect world. Don't freak had, me out, man. I know. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All these, all these strains that are popping up. Um, <laughs> yeah, Dune is a movie that that I would love to see in theaters. Would love to see in theaters. Like that's when it's like, okay, forty five days in the grand scheme of thing. Or actually, this is going straight to Warner Brothers, right? Yeah. So, it's... so I wouldn't. Yeah. So this is even. I don't even have to wait. I could just see it in the comfort of my home from day one. Um, but um, yeah, this is one of those things where I would love to see it in theaters. Like, and I think it would be a better experience. Like it, that one trailer that they released was amazing. Yeah, and it's been the only trailer since too. I, it, it, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm glad that Regina brought up uh, King Kong versus Godzilla because definitely I would want to watch that in theaters. Uh, and I feel like I want to watch this and sigh and be like, what could have been? I guess with other people. <laughs> <laughs> that we end up happening, and we were talking about Mortal Kombat. I mean, it, it's funny. Like, okay, so all the little things, Judas and the Black Messiah. Like, so these necessarily aren't theater-made movies, like Regina was referring to. 
Kong vs. Godzilla, Mortal Kombat, Dune, these are movies that absolutely should be watched in movie theaters. So it makes it even stranger to me that, that Warner Brothers was just like, so they just threw in the towel. It really does feel like that. It really feels like that. Well, well, I guess we'll end up seeing what, what happens. And, and I mean, who knows? They may be ahead of the curve on everybody and... We may end up being in lockdown for the next five years. <laughs> oh, don't even say that. No. <laughs> <laughs> because we're already on lockdown for a week. Yeah. I, I was and sorry. before that, too. <laughs> I know. The cabin fever is real. <laughs> you know, get a shining thing going on here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, you know, you were talking about um, Quiet Place 2. And I saw the, the first Quiet Place at home. Like, oh. I think I would have really have rather have seen that in the theater to really get the effect of the silence of the film, you know? I think that would have been such a more dynamic experience for me, and I, I would kind of like to see The Quiet Place, too, in the theater. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a really good example. It's almost opposite of the... Because Mortal Kombat and and Kong and Dune are... They're, they're, they're going to be big, loud spectacles, whereas The Quiet Place was... Well, it's what it, the title says. It's yeah, exactly. a very yeah. intimate, personal film. And, of course, it does play with sound. It does make it loud. But you're right. That, that type of movie to get the full experience, yeah, you absolutely need to be in a theater. Uh, this week, we are looking at Prevenge. Uh, Prevenge is a com- comedy horror movie that was directed, written, and starring Alice Lowe. Alice plays a pregnant woman who goes on a killing spree because her unborn fetus has told her so. But why? So the very first question I have about this movie, um, blah, blah, blah. oh, music. What did you guys think of the music? It was all right. I thought the synth-heavy stuff was cool. I liked yeah. it. Uh, I didn't really think it fit the movie very well. I, I thought it was cool in the beginning. I thought it was cool in the end for the credits. But when it would be in the rest of the movie, it didn't quite work for me. I, I kind of, I, would, I think I would have also liked a more traditional soundtrack. Like when we hear, see them actually like listening to music or where music's part of it in some way. I think that goes much more with the tone of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's an interesting, interesting decision. Yeah, it is. It's like, I just I realized that I didn't really pay attention to the synth in the middle of the movie because uh, I was trying to figure out if one song in the middle of the movie was an actual song or not or just like a made up song because I thought it was pretty funny. So, <laughs> you know, it, it, the 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 soundtrack throughout this movie was it was all over the place. Yeah, that, I think that's the best way to describe it. It, it was all over the place. So uh, there's a lot of characters in this movie, but uh, Alice Lowe, she plays the main character, and she definitely has, I think she's pretty much in every scene. Uh, she was actually pregnant while while she filming this, and the baby at the end that they show is actually her newborn baby, which is kind oh. of cool. But uh, what did you think of her performance? Did the baby tell her to make a movie? It did. That's actually why this movie came out. <laughs> I really enjoyed her performance. I, I'm a fan of Alice Lowe. Um, she was in this weird show that was short-lived, Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. She was one of the main leads, and she was really funny in that. And uh, she's you, she pops up in a lot of like British uh, films every now and then, like all comedy. Um, but I really liked her performance. It was this dry humor, and but she was just so good and vulnerable, and also kind of terrifying. Um, so I just think it was I think it was a really strong performance on her part. 
I agree. I, I I agree a lot. I I think she is the the vehicle for this. And I know I not knowing that she directed and wrote this movie, like I fuck, like I came completely blind into this. I I really enjoyed it. Like for just for like just how she was scared in some shots, going to completely trying to figure out how to like, spoiler alert, how to get out of the situation. Really, uh, it it she played it really well, and it's very straight. It, in a very British dry way, and it did remind me of like uh, I guess of all the stuff that like my dad forced me to watch growing up, like all the British comedy, like it was very dry, and it made me just like be like, <laughs> all right, we're in this situation, let's let's fucking party. It's uh yeah, bone dry. And before we go any further, we haven't said anything yet that would ruin anybody's enjoyment of the movie. But just a spoiler alert, say so we won't give anything away. You can watch this movie and enjoy it, but we might say some things that reveal a little bit but nothing deal breaking at all and yeah the humor is very dry so dry that um i think that uh people might think that it's a lack of range on her part she gets the grief across really well but it's so deadpan and dry that i think some people will confuse it for her not act like being a bad actor <laughs> but i don't think she's bad i don't I think, think it's, yeah it's it's so emotionless almost yeah. at points <laughs> You know, it's the best way I could say it. It's like Ricky Gervais in The Office. It's that kind of like deadpan. Like, it's just one note. And it, if, I guess if you can't jump over all that, it's just, there's really good delivery. It just, it works. It really works. Yeah, either you're going to get it and you're going to like it, or you're going to get it and you think it's dumb, or you're just not going to get it. Like, it, it all comes down to that. So, yeah, that, yeah. that kind of plays into the tone of this movie. So, how did you guys feel about the tone that the movie created? Because I felt that the tone, much like the acting, it's gonna—it's very hard to pinpoint because at times it's silly, kind mm -hmm. of, but it's also, I mean, it deals with serious issues, very serious issues. And there's no, like, for lack of a better term, there isn't anywhere where you could put a laugh track in there. It's really hard to figure it out at times. Well, and I think, sorry, Danny. Go ahead. I just think that, like, I think a, a lot of it has to do with, like, with the character state, right? She's gone through something, something traumatic has occurred, so she is sort of grieving. Um, she also has been through a lot. There's, I mean, you could, uh, there's so much happening in this movie. It's a pregnant woman. She's going to the doctor. You see her, like, trying to figure out, like, you know, the doctor's like, you have this person inside of you, and and she's trying to, you know, reconcile the fact that there's a living being growing inside of her, and also, at the same time, though, she's also undergone such such a serious issue that a lot of times like she seems like to almost sort of make herself a numb to the mm -hmm. situation. And right. I think that kind of adds to the, the dryness of it and to the tone as well. Cause the tone is, it's a very strange tone. And I think what the humor comes in is in the absurdity of this situation. Um, right. But it, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's sort of like when you laugh, but you feel weird laughing because <laughs> it's, <laughs> but yeah. it's still funny. I, I told my girlfriend, she's like, how was the movie? And I told her, I feel weird, but I get it. Like, in any situation, I, I would have been like, I would have done the same stuff. Like, you know, it, it, it's it's so absurd that it would work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, people talk about it all. Hearing voices is basically what. Yeah. 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 The um, So the movie, it plays it straight, I would say, for the most part. Up until the last one of the final kills um mm -hmm. at which point it becomes almost slapstick what did you guys think of that scene like i didn't like that 
Like it, it was very much a joke. It was played for jokes. It was mm. like, and it wasn't like the dry humor stuff. It was like a wink. It wasn't a wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It was like, hey, we're joking around now. Yeah. Here's the setup. Here's the punchline. I feel like uh, I'll answer your your question right now, but I feel like with the first kill, it was completely out of nowhere, right. and the, with going into this one, you're just like it. It was forced. It was a forced killing. You know, we already we're, we got to this point, and it was just like, all right, let's let's move it along. And I don't think it really needed this last kill. I guess like this humorous kill. I guess. You know what? I, I enjoyed it. Um, I enjoyed that killing. <laughs> Let me tell you why. Um, so it had been easy kind of check the element of surprise. The surprise sort of failed her um, a little bit here. And so, I mean, it would make sense if um, if you see it coming, you're going to put up a... It's not going to be as simple as you thought. And there's probably going to be some mishaps. Um, right. Which would mm-hmm. allow for some slapsticky style humor. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I... It, um, it kind of helped even the tone out for me a little bit, to be honest with you. So I it it does. It's it's very late in the movie. It's it, it kind of caught me off guard after it was so straight the whole time, and then all of a sudden they have this weird like physical comedy that it kind of caught me off guard, which kind of leads to another thing I noticed in this particular part of the movie. There's no law presence at all until this part of the movie, and then it kind of just happens like within 15 or 20 seconds oh and then i realized that this movie has no tension like at all i don't think it does needs attention i don't think it was going for tension and i and i think like when we see the law it's finally catching up to her you know not really i i feel like it did like it finally it just like it snapped and we're back to this reality and you're and you know with all the events like it just it makes I, to me it made sense like I didn't like not one not one moment did I think oh there's cops and they're like oh okay we're finally catching up that maybe there was all these cops that maybe I'm making too much out of a small thing but I do think like there the reason that there's no cops is because there is she is not thinking about it. well not just the tension of like it was the police that made me realize that there's no law mm. like there's no tension but in general there's no tension at all like i mean there's a mystery like why is she doing mm-hmm. this and is she really hearing things or is it the grief and trauma is this, is this just mm-hmm. how she's dealing with things but actual tension like is she gonna get away with this is she gonna kill this person like how is she going to do it? Like, that doesn't exist in this movie at all. Now, I'm not saying it's a bad thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't feel any tension at all. It was just yeah. kind of a series of kills. I can see that. I mean, I can I can see that because you're right. The cops aren't a factor until that moment. And then once that happened, it made me realize, it made me go back to the others. Because it, it was sort of jarring to all of a sudden have the police presence. Because um, there is a, a, a kill earlier where she left a mess and she did talk to somebody on the way in and it's just like wouldn't you have to have killed that person too or you know like it made me and now it made me go back and think about that whereas before i was just not even thinking about it at all but all of a sudden having that presence it kind of did make me go back and go like hey well that doesn't you know so we were just having off we were having fun let's just be honest we didn't think about it <laughs> at mean, first yeah, like, now that you brought it up you're like i'm like oh that's right she didn't make a mess well, if, if, if they're going to introduce something like that, then, I mean, it is going to make someone think about it. Now, whether it lessens the movie or not is something else entirely. Like, like I noticed that there was no tension, but like you said, like, it's not a movie that 
well, she is murdering people, so there should be some sort of tension in there. So, um, but it, the movie wasn't about the tension. It was more about um, overcoming grief. So yeah. I, I do understand why it's not there. Um, speaking of which, do you have any sympathy for Ruth? Wait, like, uh, sim- yeah, I, I think I have sympathy for her. Uh, and that's what I was telling my girlfriend about. Like, I, I told her if anything happens to me, like, go ahead, like, hunt down these motherfuckers. And not to say too much about the movie, but it, 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 I guess I saw it as a parent now and like through all that shit. So it, I came out with a different like feeling. I was like, yeah, do that. I completely fucking get it. This is weird because it's so absurd. Absurd. It, it, it to me, it, it I, I felt I, I had sympathy for her. I, I, I think she's an interesting character. And what I liked about her was how she made me feel because I found her to be extremely sympathetic and I also found her to be extremely likable but at the same time though I kind of wanted her to get I wanted her to not <laughs> I needed her to get some help okay because she is a victim of um you know something's going on here you know so she's she's sort of not the best way to say it right now I guess is she's not herself she's doing something that I, I'm assuming would be out of character I'm assuming it's if sort of recent events triggered this and it's just not something she's been doing all her life. I kind of make, I do feel like she is a sympathetic character. That being said, I feel like she's, she's pretty dangerous and she needs some help. And uh, but I, I like her. <laughs> if we saw this in any kind of like action film with a male, a, a male star with this, I don't think we would even bat an eye with the mental health thing. It'd be like, no, he's fine. He's a badass. I feel like she's, she does need to help, but I also feel like, She's a badass in her own way, too. Like, it's just, it was a great revenge film in a way, too. Well, that's the part that I don't know if it was really a revenge film. Because mm-hmm. what she's doing, I, I do sympathize with her, but I don't think she's justified in what she was doing. Like, <laughs> I, I think, I, I mean, because I, I sympathize with her, but she's not justified. In my opinion, she's not mm-hmm. justified in what she's, especially the reveal at the end. You're kind of like, okay, she's, yeah, there's bigger things going on here yeah. than what she thinks is going on. So um, yeah. final final words here on Prevent, Regina, I'll start with you. Uh, so this movie, would you suggest to people that they rush out and see it, that they get around to it eventually, or that they completely avoid it? Well, I say definitely watch it before it leaves Shutter. Definitely watch it. I think it is enjoyable. And I, I mean, we were talking about the character right now. It, it's a complicated character. And I, I really enjoy when films have any story has a complicated character. Um, and the fact that we could have this conversation about the character, you know, just like if we like them or not, I think that in itself makes them so interesting. And the story, it, it's, it's odd and it's funny. And if you like blood, you should give it a watch <laughs> what about so you, much blood. What you, think? you know i would this movie came out what three years ago four uh, years 2016 ago? five years ago five years five years ago jesus christ uh oh yeah we're not in 2020 anymore huh i would say i would rush out i would definitely recommend this movie just if you want to see a different kind of like comedy horror uh, this is definitely up your alley this is definitely something that you don't really get to see i would re- like you know put money down for this I would say that uh, it's unique. It's it's mm-hmm. different. Um, it's definitely something that you want to pay don't want to pay too much attention to because if you do, then you'll start to notice that there are a lot of flaws in the storytelling. Um, I'd say you eventually get around to it. I wouldn't rush to go see it, but eventually get around to it. 
Oh, February is Women in Horror Month, so this week we are going to talk about women in horror. Go figure. Oh, my first question, and I'll start with you, Regina, since you're the guest. Do you think horror has kind of been ahead of the curve in the way that it's treated women as compared to other movie genres? I think so. Um, I was just talking about this the other day. Um, I don't like Judd Apatow. I like his movies. Like, I can watch 40-Year-Old Virgin over and over and over again. And um, I don't like Katherine Heigl, but I do think she made a point when she came out and spoke out against her her character and knocked up. Uh, I think a lot of times we see women relegated to this um, angry, shrew, um, neurotic. Um, uh, there's very little, there's a lot of stereotypes involving women. And I think horror actually goes a long way to sort of subvert those stereotypes and to kind of move things forward. Um, I would say that as much as horror has um, uh, helped in the exploitation of women, I think it's also gone a long way to really try and rectify a lot of that. And really, since very early on, since very early on, it's been making women very strong and come forward. I mean, you have Ripley, right? And people still to this day, when people talk about like badass women, even the people who don't think that there should be more inclusivity they're like, why do we need more? We got Ripley. Like, they always, <laughs> yeah. that's, their, that's even their example. So, I mean, and that's horror. Um, even and we'll, we'll get to Final Girls right now. But Final Girls, heroines, like, uh, you didn't really see heroines that much. You would see women be a big part of movies, but they would usually be like, you know, the femme fatales and yeah, using men, stuff like that. Yeah, they're like, I, I feel like, uh, yeah, they're, especially like in the older films, like, they were the damsels in distress. They weren't. They weren't the 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 baddest as we as they have evolved in a long time, and I do feel like horror, especially with the, the with the birth of horror, like like slasher and and everything, they've they've gotten to be a lot more powerful and a lot more molded, you know, than what they started as. And I imagine you're referring to the final final girls. Yeah, yeah, final girls. I mean, I feel like even then, like the final girls have like evolved to what they were. Like you know, they, it it became in a way we have it as a joke but it's a whole different story now i i feel for like you know a, a final girl or whatever well or that kind of leads into, that that does lead into my next so the final final girls and i've talked about this before um i feel and i like the concept of the final girl i really do but i feel that that trope I think it's very overrated in horror history. Like people, and I, even you're mentioning it now, how like it's importance to the genre and how they were really great. I think you can make just as strong as an argument that, that it's kind of a reductive character. I think like very, very weak, very like like Ridley. We're talking about Ridley. You don't remember any of the girls from Friday the Thirteenth. These are final girls, which you don't. Yeah, they're final girls. Yeah. I mean, that's just you, we know Nancy. But mm-hmm. from Nightmare on Elm Street, but that's just because she comes up in every goddamn interview. <laughs> I, you know, and and I feel like, but that's the thing. Like now, you're getting, well, I guess, and you're right. You're you're completely right about this whole like they're you don't know their names, but you know that they are gonna be the survivors. And it's not like how they're just a one note. I feel loud. They're they're essentially a song of sorts where they do have a little bit more complexities than just. I like, will. I will totally disagree with that. I, I think okay. they are completely one note. And as a matter of mm-hmm. fact, I just saw, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the Wrong Turn franchise, but they, <laughs> they, they just rebooted it. Again? And 
Yeah, uh, they've never rebooted it before, but they this is the seventh installment. <laughs> the first reboot. I was gonna say but, there's like um, seven. Like I was gonna say there's like seven. Yeah, movies there, there's a shit reboot. ton of them. There's like more of them than in like Hellraiser, I think. But yeah, or no, there's like fifteen Hellraisers or something. But um, the the final girl on this from the very beginning, she's like changing the the flat tire, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're making the guys look bad," and she's like always like someone wants to walk on the street instead of the sidewalk no no we can't do that guys like to me that's the final girl super and that's that is a final girl like too good to be true does everything will not say a crossword about anything at all like important in horror i don't think so do i i like him all right because i i like the familiarity it's comfortable it's cool Mm -hmm. but um when people talk about how great and important they are to the genre like to me i just think it's kind of i think it's an evolution from like the rape and revenge movies and that's not a compliment at all like what do you think of final girls regina i guess i kind of have a little bit of a complicated relationship with final girls myself because a lot of times like we were like i mentioned earlier a lot of times these films can be um you know they don't really see women in a very good light or show them so when they do try and make give them some power um it's always sort of like the same prototype cardboard cut out of a girl um but that's changed over the years too i think um and uh, like i said I have a, it's a complicated relationship with final girls so like i like my final girls i like girls to be tough and i like them to fight and i like them to be in control of themselves but there's something about a real person's reaction to things when we think of final girls yeah you said like we always like think of um alien right like this comes up it's like well she's so tough you know like or Lori Lori from uh, halloween well, i think it's Lori great Strode, right See, and I like Laurie Strode, and this yeah, is why I like, awesome. yeah, Laurie is is clever, but she's never like too smart because it's like, okay, there's a crazy person trying to kill me for no reason. Why? And so her reactions are very realistic. She's just out of her mind and trying to survive. Her instincts are get the kids out of the house, get mm-hmm. them safe, and I need to I need to figure out what to do about this monster. But she's never she's never too too um, perfect. She's not too good to be true. I think I think she's like a real she behaves like a way a teenage girl would. And um, I really like also um, uh, Sally Hardesty of Texas Chainsaw Massacre because her reaction at the end of the movie, that maniacal laughter, because she's just so happy to be gone. It's not, it's not happy like, haha, I got you, Leatherface. It's not at that at all. It's she's lost her freaking mind. And who she's, wouldn't yeah. Yeah. after she just saw all her friends get eaten and she was almost, you know, been about to be like killed up and eaten too. So I really like, um, we're, we're going to have Final Girls. The, I like, I really like that movie, Final Girls. It has, it's like a whole commentary <laughs> yeah. on Final Girls. But I really like it when the final girl is somebody relatable. Because I know that if I escaped a madman trying to eat me, <laughs> I would have lost my mind too. <laughs> so like, I would have been like all quippy at the end. Like, uh, I guess you'll have to, you know. <laughs> eat TV dinners tonight, Leatherface. You know, like I would have lost my freaking mind already. You know, so I I really seem to gravitate towards the final girls that are somewhat relatable. And I'll even mention like um, uh, Tree Geldman from Happy Death Day, Jessica Roth. Oh yeah, yeah. She's she's very funny. She's very likable, but she's not. She's like that because she gets to relive the same day over and over and over the first few days she's just like what is happening you know so it takes her so she's very cool and likable but she's not just like i'm perfect in fact she's a mess of a person yeah yeah so um i i I really like my final girls to be realistic and to be flawed and to 
not try and be the cookie cutter, like perfect girl. And you mentioned Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, Caroline Williams from Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Uh, Stretch is a really cool final girl. Yeah. Uh, um, another term that's kind of that I'm that I have mixed feelings about is scream queens. Over the year, it used to be a really kind of a patronizing thing, but it was kind of a cool thing, and then people really hated it, and then now it's kind of cool again. So I always flip flop on it. I mean, <laughs> I, I I think it's really cool. It's like a cool term of endearment for a certain group of actresses. But I can understand how some of them don't like the term either. Um, what do you think of it? You know, like it's funny. Like I think Final Girls and Scream Queens, they to for the longest time for me had like the same connotation uh, because you had uh, uh, Laurie Strode and uh, obviously Jamie Lee Curtis like following this thing. And I think where I finally decided like I had enough is when a TV show came out about it. Like these are, this is all Scream Queens and it had to deal with like a murder in a school. And all these girls were like essentially just like yelling and for seasons, an underrated classic. <laughs> is it, it is. You know, I, really- I, 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 I gave up and I, I felt like at one point it was like, are we just trying to be like, uh, what's her name? Uh, Jennifer Love Hewitt in uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. I, I just felt like it was just like this, just like this thing that was hard. Like they're just trying to beat it down. And I think that's where I, I, I kind of just gave out. But, you know, uh, I, I, I wish like I, I could name more of them. Like because uh, there's a lot. I, I mean, it, it goes back to like probably like with King Kong. Um, with the damsel and just like the, the girl that King Kong has, like in the, on top of the Empire State Building, it, it's something like that. It goes that far back. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, you can go back a long time to Scream Queens, and we'll get into that right now. So, who are some of your favorite Scream Scream Queens? Um, Regina, I'll go. We'll just say we'll say let's do this. Let's not say Scream Queens. Let's say villains. Who are some of your favorite female villains? Well, that's the thing. Um, going with the Scream Queen, I think there's positive and negative. It's either the girl who's screaming or hit up the whole time where it's the girl who makes you scream. So Yeah, it could be either. Yeah, yeah it absolutely yeah. can be. Uh, some of my favorite villains of um, Ingrid Pitt. It's probably my all-time favorite horror villain um, from Blood Countess and, um, and Countess Dracula. And I'm getting my movies confused. Um, the Vampire Lovers um wicker man she's like all over the hor- the hammer horror films and yeah like, so she's, she's all, awesome all the down hammer yeah <laughs> um i'm also a big fan and she's also a writer too so i really like my my villains to also be very literary <laughs> she's a writer <laughs> as well so um my other favorite is probably laura parker um laura parker played uh angelique a witch in dark shadows um, but she was also she also came out in the TV movies afterwards. But she's also a horror writer as well. So I, I really like them. They're, and then they're always associated with horror, like for the rest of their lives. And I think that's really neat. But so and, and she's a villain. She's a reason that Barnabas is a vampire. She cursed him because she's like a scorned woman. But um, my I, I have a lot of favorite villains. Villains, I love villains. Um, my favorite favorite Angela Baker. Melissa oh, Rose is awesome. Yeah, yeah sleepaway mm-hmm. camp. Um, Felissa Rose is awesome. My favorite Angela though is Pamela Springsteen from Sleepaway Camp Two, Unhappy Campers, and Sleepaway Three, Teenage Wasteland. That's my favorite Angela. Um, and recently, I saw The Blood on Satan's Claws, which I've been trying to look for like all my life because I had a memory of it and I couldn't figure out what movie it was. And I finally <laughs> saw it. And the witch in that movie, her name is Angel. Um, she's played by Linda Hayden. And she's terrifying. 
like she looks like a young little girl, but she's not. She's 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 a psycho. <laughs> she's a psycho naked lady who seems to just control everybody. Like, and she like has she turns all the children in the village into like monsters, and she's just like real scary. Chil- uh, evil children scare me, so I I find her very effective. In the well, if you're gonna go with uh, evil children, and you're gonna go with women in horror, then it, we'd be remiss if we didn't mention Reagan from Exorcist. That's the obvious one. And you made me think of when you mentioned uh, all the Hammer films, uh, Barbara Steele. Barbara Steele, yeah. Sunday, Bloody Sunday, right? Black Bloody Sunday. Sunday. Black Sunday. Sunday, Bloody Sunday is the Irish thing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> a Black Sunday. Yeah, she's like a huge icon of the. Um, I like and kind of more modern kind of um, Asami from Audition. Audition. Oh. is so scary so frightening just how cold and calculating she is and uh i mean she's for lack of a better term she's crazy <laughs> he is crazy she's frightening um, what really about you, you you know i was gonna say uh as we're talking about like scream queens i was like oh okay well, and then you said evil i was like well kathy bates in misery oh yeah Annie yeah, I feel like that is like the the top level uh, deranged. You know, she could be super nice and then just keeps you there. Like, I feel like I, I always think about this this movie maybe because it was forced to for me to be watch for me to watch it, but it, it left such an impression that to me that is a really good sc- scream queen, I guess, where you're constantly just like like um, afraid of it, like afraid of her. Um, and then I did think of like. I, I, I more modern and as we've been moving on uh florence Pugh in midsummer I, I know she's not the the most screaming in midsummer but i do feel like she has the pipes because she cries so much and also she's uh even though she, i guess she's more of a victim than but she you can very much say that she's the villain of it also yeah 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 the, so yeah that's actually yeah, yeah. i thought about her too um i thought that, that i was kind of debating like should I put her down as a villain because she is, you know, the May Queen, but she's really a victim. Yeah, it's yeah, and, and, and it's that weird fine line, though. It, 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 it is, it, and it, it it works, I guess. And I never really did think about it of of her being the villain, even though clearly the movie shows her as a victim. But also, after so many different watches, you could definitely say that, yeah, it is. She is like uh, she's a villain, like Dracula's a villain. Yeah, but I mean, I mean like, at... he's a little more evil, but still, there's he's kind of forced to do that. Yeah, and yeah. So, <laughs> in a way, she's kind of been cast into that role. Um, aside from Fl- Florence Pugh, who are some of your favorites, good, bad, somewhere oh. in between shades of gray. I love Samara Weaving in Ready or Not. It's such an awesome movie. Oh, she's so great. Just because the, uh, and not necessarily one of my favorites of all time, just like the character is so awesome. Just, I think it's really because I wasn't expecting anything from that movie. Mm-hmm. So I certainly wasn't expecting it to be like one of the best things that I saw. Oh, absolutely love the character. Uh, resourceful, smart. The whole class thing is really cool. I always get into like stories of class and stuff like that. So I just really enjoyed the character and I liked how she, the situation is also really cool. It's a cool story. So yeah. that kind of helps out too. So I, I really enjoyed her character in that. We saw this together, uh, Pat. Uh, the remake for Suspiria. I never thought of Dakota John- Johnson as a, a, a scream queen, but her effectiveness, effectiveness had made me like the movie a lot better than the original Suspiria. 
Oh, she does really good. And if you want to go to villains, um, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, uh, she's she's amazing. She's amazing. In, she, she's yeah. really, really good in that. She does a good job. What about you, Regina? Who are some of your favorite women in horror? Just in general, good, bad. Just in general? Okay. You know what? I got to say that I really love the trio of ladies in Halloween. Um, Jamie Lee Curtis, <laughs> PJ Souls, and Nancy Kais. And let me tell you why. I think they sort of embody what makes horror films so uh, frightening and also attractive to young women. Um, it's relatable. You hang out with your friends. Someone creepy drives by. It, you always sort of feel... Um, and then when they're hanging out together after school, when they're driving around, there's something about it that just feels very relatable in their conversation and who they are. And they're Annie. Her, what's her name? Annie? The friend Annie, who's played by Nancy Keys, I think that her last name is. Um, she just cracks me up. Like, every single time she talks, she just sounds so bored with life. And if someone's going to kill her, she's like, oh, God. Like, she just feels <laughs> like so. she's so fed up. Like, when uh, Michael Myers drives by very slowly like a creep. She just says, like, hey, jerk, speed kills. and um, But she's, like, really not affected by anything. And every time um, she's on the screen, like, I just love her so much. Like, I think she, like, deserves, like, her own, like, little, like, prequel movie because she cracks me up. But um, <laughs> her line delivery. But I really enjoy the the friends in that movie for some reason. That trio of girls, I don't know why. I have always just sort of, like, love them. But, um and I always like watching the first half of Halloween. I watch all of Halloween, of course, but like I really enjoy the parts with them and it, there's something about it. But I would say they're definitely some of my favorites of all time. And I already talked to you guys about my love of Ingrid Pitt that never ends. And, and, and if you're going to talk about... Girl. Yeah. <laughs> and the Halloween series, if you're going to talk about women, uh, even though she was a little girl, Jamie in what, part four? was pretty cool. <laughs> I, I've talked about my love of that little mini trilogy <laughs> and Halloween. And it's because of her, really. I, I really like that. So um, last year, just in general, we saw women direct more movies than ever before. Um, who are some of your favorite women creators in horror? Um, last year, I think there was two really good movies. Um, they both starred Lauren Beatty. One was called Bleed With Me, and the other was called Bloodthirsty. Uh, they were both directed by Amelia Moses, who I think they're both really good movies. And they were, they were her first two movies, I believe, also. And they were a good launching point to... Hopefully, what will be a long and fruitful career, but um, I think she's an excellent creator and a, a woman creator, and she did a really good job with the movie, with both those movies, actually. Uh, my favorite one, you know, she, Gigi Guerrero, like, I feel we talk about her all the time. She is definitely, to me, a high tier, especially with Culture Shock. I guess for being, you know, an immigrant myself and seeing that kind of like horror, like, and you hear some horror stories. I feel like she pretty much like like uh, she pretty much got that fear pretty pretty good and I uh, you know we've talked about her Pat like I just feel like we should always keep an eye on on her stuff when when she's doing more stuff. She's good because she obviously loves horror and she does a really good job of uh, like you mentioned she's topical. She mixes modern horror, but there's that love of grindhouse stuff mm -hmm. in it, so it's really gritty and I like culture shock has some really gruesome scenes and yeah it's a really well done movie uh regina i know you've been watching a lot of stuff from female directors lately so who are some of the ones that have stuck out for you um recently i watched isa lopez's tigers are not afraid and that was really good also going back to the culture thing it's filmed in mexico and it deals with the cartels and the violence and how children are so affected by it and it's very serious and the way it's the just some really cool imagery in the film. It really does show a really, uh, I, I would say, honest and brutal look at 
the way children grow up, especially when they're affected by this kind of violence. Um, it's not hidden from the world. If you go just to what is, you're going to mm -hmm. see this kind of thing. Um, and it, it's, I mean, I think what she does so well is just bringing the true horror of the situation out while also using the, the fantasy aspect of it. There's like a fairy tale happening in it at the same time. And it's, it's really neat. I've also, because I, I love old movies, like we mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, it's like I've been a time capsule. That's how I've been my whole life. Um, I've been watching a lot of uh, 60s and 70s movies, and I was recently watching films by Stephanie Rothman, who got her start with Roger Corman, and I watched The Velvet Vampire, which was a lot of fun. It's very sexy. It's lots of boobs everywhere, and but <laughs> it's... Um, but it's a fun movie. It's the kind of stuff that I exactly would look for. It's about a vampire, but she's very much in control of the situation. And it's very, the, the comedy is just so strange. Um, and it's from the uh, lesbian vampire period when that was the rage. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's that type of exploitation. Yeah. And I saw another one of hers last night called Bloodbath. Barely an hour in length. Um, it's about it was black and white though, and I thought the black and white was done really well, especially when it showed like victims about a vampire as well. This was a male vampire though who would boil his victims in like a boiling vat of water. It, it, they get a really cool revenge. It's really gross and strange. But um, Sid Haig was in it with hair and playing a different kind of character that we'll never, you know, we don't really see. Or will ever again from we'll see, yeah. since he passed, but it was a fun movie. So I, I think I really enjoy Stephanie Rothman's movies so far. They've all been very enjoyable. And who do you guys think are some rising stars in the genre? Like, I think Bria Grant, who in the past few months has put out so much, and she could be under creators too because she's a writer and a director. Mm -hmm. But uh, she wrote Lucky, starred in Lucky, directed Twelve Hour Shift, and then was recently in. Uh, after midnight like these are all fantastic movies i think she's someone who definitely we can watch out for and she has a love for horror also and she has her finger on the pulse with what fans like so i, I all whenever i see her name it immediately interests me as to what's going on um uh i think you love her uh anna lily amapor 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 the girl oh walks... that the vampire is that her? or girl walks home is that, her? is that her wait yeah i think yeah you I, you like her right no, because I saw a Bad Batch and it was horrible. Oh, that's the reason why. You, I was trying to remember like who's the one that you like because there was the other black and white film. That You're I was confusing Lily oh, Laura. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Or well, maybe you, you're thinking of uh, Lauren Ashley Carter from Darling. Yeah. yeah, Darling was the one. Yeah. Well, yeah. either way, you know, I still feel like you should be looking after. Her. I still feel like I was because uh, I got Shutter this past week and. I did see a girl walks home alone at night, and I was like, that was so good. And I really did like her. I still haven't seen Bad Batch, though, uh, I guess just based on your recommendation on it. Uh, <laughs> well, I mean, if you like I, – I, see, I'm not a big fan of A Girl Walks Home Alone Night either. Like, I oh, think it's, really? it's the better of the two, mm -hmm. but I think it's a very – that's one of those that are very overrated. And I, I'll be perfectly honest. I think it's just the way that it looks, and I think people – I'm not saying you, but I'm saying people You're make more me. out of it than there actually is to it because I don't think there's much to it personally. Mm -hmm. Now, I haven't seen it in a while. The last time I saw it – was on the last drive-in oh. and uh the comments for it were yeah, i mean people weren't big fans of it so <laughs> yeah and then when I, I, before that it had been years since i'd seen it i remember not really caring for it but yeah. um I don't, I, I don't know i think i've only seen it that one time and i never really want to revisit it again but i really remember like leaving a, a really good impression on it but now if like if we're trying to talk about like any 
any fucking details about the movie, I can't tell you anything about it. Well, so I'll, I'll say maybe, this. Maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe it's not like the greatest thing out there. It ain't a horror movie. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> what What about you, Regina? Who do you think we should be looking um, for? I guess for, we're, we're talking about new scream, scream queens on the rise, I would say. Or not uh, as a scream queen. It could be a creator, a director. Okay. Oh, well, I, I'll give you a, a director and a creator. How about that? I'll, uh, and a scream queen. Um, Catherine Newton was in Freaky. And I really liked her performance. She was also in Blockers. I think, um, I think she could. She was the main girl in Freaky. The one oh, the one from uh, Big Little Lies. Been spun, no. They swapped. The one from Big Little Lies? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That girl. I think, I think I don't know. There was something about her performance. I thought she was really good in it. I think I would like to hear more horror movies. Um, but I'm really interested in seeing what Nia DaCosta does with um, Candyman. I saw the animated short that she had done, and that was really cool. She doesn't have too many movies under her belt, but I really think that she's probably someone to look out for, judging by that short, and I can't wait to see the new Candyman. So, um, so who do you guys think are some underrated Scream Queens? And we were talking about uh, Suspiria earlier. I think uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, mm. she, she's in a lot of she's... horror movies, but um, you don't really hear her talked about very often. I feel like they do. It's I feel like they dismiss her like a lot of the, a lot of the times. But yeah, I really agree. I forgot she was also in Suspiria. And then she was in the remake of Let Let the Right One In. Was that Yeah, true? she was in Let Me In. She was yeah, in yeah. Greta, which is yeah, a thriller. A, a thriller, yeah, yeah. But I mean she that's she's really good in that. Um I also think that uh, Sarah Paulson is underrated, not as an actress. People know who Sarah Paulson is. <laughs> but when you think of horror movies, Sarah Paulson is not probably done a list of 50 names it's not a name that'll come up ever but she's done a lot from everything from american gothic to ratchet so and mm-hmm. then run in between there every single season of american horror story so but she's season. got quite an extensive horror background yeah she really does uh i want to say ariana grande because of scream queens oh she's in scream queens yeah yeah so i was just gonna say she's underrated as a scream queen that's yeah i guess joke. she is <laughs> what about you regina who do you think is an underrated scream queen <laughs> I guess so. Going by um, underrated woman in horror, I'm trying to get away from Scream Queen. Um, I would say the Farmigas uh, sisters, Tessa and um, Vera. I mean, they're in The Conjuring, and it, well, Vera's in The Conjuring, and then Tessa was in um, Final Girls, and um, John in the Hole. Yeah, and uh, and then the American Horror Story. So, like, I, I think that she, she could be in more things. Actually, she's got a nice haunted look about her, <laughs> and, I, and I really enjoy the <laughs> character that Vera Farmiga plays in The Conjuring. I, I, I like The Conjuring movies. So. Yeah, the first one is really. I totally agree. She is really good in it. So we'll kind of close it out with. Uh, what do you guys think are some female-driven um, horror movies that people should see? And it could be directed by a male, and it has a primarily female cast, or it could be directed by a female with a primarily male cast. Like, for example, last week, Blake and I just talked about um, A Black Rift Begins to Yawn, and such an awesome movie. Beautiful to look at. So it's, it's indescribable movie. Uh, Lovecraftian, cosmic horror, strange, exciting. Like, it'll leave you thinking. Like, I, it's been a week and a half now, and I think about that movie. I, I don't think I understand it at all, but I enjoyed <laughs> it a lot. Uh, directed by Matthew Wade, but starring... It's basically it's two women are the only actors in the in the cast, so good and it's something that people should definitely check out. 
I say really go back and look at some of the older films. Um, they're just so odd, and I think they're doing a lot to influence the films that we see today, and a lot of them are, are underrated as well or kind of fly under the radar. I just watched Blood and Donuts by Holly Dale, which is nowhere near as scary, but it is sort of like off the whole, like uh, filmed in the early 90s, right off that whole vampire craze that started in the early 90s of the new vampire. Um, but there's also so many older films I think are influencing the way people make movies today by women that kind of get overlooked. Um, Antonia Bird directed Ravenous and that's a really good movie. Um, so, I mean, there's, I think go back and look at those and now like some of those lesser known films. Um, and even the ones that aren't lesser known, you can go back to, I, I always say that genre is where things start. I mean, Catherine Bigelow did Near Dark and yeah. she's had quite a career for herself <laughs> since then. And she hasn't stuck to genre. So, it's just kind of you can find them anywhere. But uh, what about you, Danny? Yeah, I was gonna say with uh, Pet Cemetery, uh, her uh, Mary Lambert. I, I, you know, she's one of the few directors that I could say that started. I don't. I guess not really that strong, but she started. Uh, she has a very influential movie that people are still talk about. You know, till this day. You know, I and she's also done like one of the Halloweens. So you know, or Halloween Towns. I'm sorry. So, you know, she's she's done it all. Like, I, I've seen fucking Halloween Town 2 so many times with my sister. So, you know, she's she's there with in the horror, children's horror as well. Uh, you could have also gone with Barbara Crampton, who's been in Reanimator and oh. From Beyond and Castle Freak. And she's still doing stuff even now, um, Sacrifice, and she's going to be in a movie at South by Southwest. So. Uh, um, every Plus. Saturday, you can find us here. Um, we're a part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcasting Network, where there's a whole bunch of awesome horror-themed podcasts, including Ominous Origins. Like, check that out. And it's not just podcasts. There's also um, articles on the site, so check it out. And while you're checking um, them out, uh, you could follow us individually on social media. We do have a Twitter, Adventures in Movies. And you can find Pat on uh, Instagram at Nathan Portes. So you can find me, Danny, on Twitter and Instagram over at default underscore player. And you could find The Missing Blake on Twitter at 4 Horror. And where can we find you in your social oh. media? <laughs> Reg Chavez1127 on Twitter. <laughs> you can also find me at Danger Chavez on uh, Instagram. Sorry. No, you're fine. And next week, uh, there will be coming of ages <laughs> and you could uh find us on apple podcasts you can go to spotify uh amazon music they have podcasts now and you could check us out there or you could also go to morbidly beautiful where you'll find us wherever you go make sure to give us a rating or tell a friend to listen regina thank you very much for coming back uh, maybe you can visit us again soon that's our cue talk to you next week